0: Hello, and welcome to the Spectrum Policy Podcast, brought to you by Policy Tracker, which provides news, research, and training about spectrum management. My name is Richard Haas, and I'm a journalist and analyst here at Policy Tracker. The next generation of mobile technology called 6G is slowly beginning to take shape. We're expecting the first deployments to happen around about 2030. In the spectrum policy world, planning ahead is really important and World Radio Communication Conferences, which happen every four years, are a cornerstone of that. It's important to introduce new bands that want to be studied early, as the agenda items for WRC are determined four years before the WRC takes place. So with the WRC 23 taking place later this year, some agenda items will need to be decided for the next one at WRC 27. Some interest is forming in the mobile industry on the seven to 24 gigahertz range to potentially be used for 6G we only one problem with this, and that's that this range is already extensively used by others, including the satellite industry. So in today's podcast, we're going to delve deeper into this range, 7 to 24 gigahertz, and ask ourselves whether this is the next spectrum battlefield. To talk us through this, we're going to speak to Richard Marston. He's a senior managing director at Nira Economic Consulting, which is a consultancy based in New York. Richard, why is the mobile industry interested in 7 to 24 gigahertz?
1: Well, hi, Richard, and uh, good to join you today. Um, So why is the mobile industry interested in this range? Well, fundamentally, this is all about the uh, growing volume of traffic that uh, mobile operators anticipate handling in the coming years. Um, So for many years now, uh, we've seen exponential growth in the uh, volume of traffic over mobile networks. And that has been met by an increasing volume of spectrum. Um, The most important band to be released has been the C band, uh, and that massively increased uh, the volume of spectrum available to mobile operators. So you can think about this as sort of growing the pipe, and that kind of almost doubled the size of the pipe that mobile operators have uh, to run their traffic through. The problem is with the forecasts of continued growth as we go through the 5G into the 6G era, um, they're going to need more capacity, especially in uh, areas of highest traffic. So naturally, you know, operators are starting and especially equipment manufacturers are starting to think about, well, what's the next frontier? Now, it was thought that perhaps this problem was solved because of the millimeter wave bands. So These are the bands above 24 gigahertz, 24, 26, 40 gigahertz, for example. Um, And those bands are already being released and have been released in some countries. And some of that spectrum has been acquired by mobile operators and indeed deployed. The issue with those very high frequencies, however, is that the um, signals don't carry reliably very far. So even in an urban environment, Um, it's proving very challenging to make use of the huge capacity those higher bands can provide. Um, So, for example, some years ago, uh, Verizon bet very big on deploying those higher bands in certain major cities in the US. And my understanding is that that experiment has not gone that well, which is why they then spent a lot of money acquiring a a really fantastic C-band footprint, C band being the spectrum below this range at around uh, 3.5 gigahertz. Um, so, with the assumption that the spectrum above 24, while very good for hotspots, is not really a general capacity solution, and the assumption that the large amounts of spectrum that operators required at C band eventually won't be enough to meet demand, there's a focus on well, what is there in between those ranges? That could be used to meet this future capacity demand and that's why there's this focus on seven to 24 gigahertz
0: right so so millimeter wave like you said 26 and 40 gigahertz it doesn't travel very far and that's kind of a, a real problem that operators have faced because it makes the economic case for it a lot more difficult this kind of slightly lower range how much better are the characteristics i mean does it travel twice as far is it Or do we just not know yet because the technology hasn't developed, but we assume it will be much better coverage?
1: Well, so 7 to 24 gigahertz is obviously an enormous range. And the the signal difference you get between something at 7 and something at 24 is just enormous. Um, So this leads into a bigger issue, which is all that spectrum is not equal, right? And broadly speaking, There's a big question mark hanging over anything around 12 to 24, which is, is it really sufficiently better than millimeter wave that it gives you anything different? And, you know, if the mobile industry had its way, it would get more spectrum, much closer to seven. And indeed, you know, in Europe, of course, they're looking at the upper six gigahertz band as a potential additional capacity. Whereas in the in North America, that's been allocated to unlicensed.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we should be specific. So Ericsson has suggested a few bands, uh, but kind of between 7 and 8 gigahertz, 10 to 13 and 14 to 15. The more specific ranges are a bit smaller than that. But yeah, I think you're right. They're kind of on the lower end of that because I think that's probably ideal for, for the mobile operators uh, to kind of keep them as low as possible. Uh, due to their better you know, propagation characteristics. Now, of course, the problem is the satellite industry is very active in this range, uh, particularly above 12 gigahertz, where you get into the KU band. Uh, could you give me an overview of how the satellite industry uses spectrum in this range? Uh,
1: sure. So I think one thing to sort of, if you take a step back, one way to think about, there's a fundamental difference between how... Um, the satellite industry uses spectrum and how the mobile industry generally uses spectrum. So in these higher bands, such as 12 gigahertz, um, the satellite industry essentially is able to largely reuse the same spectrum. So you've got multiple operators out there um, who are using the same frequencies. And because they co- they go back and forth between particular points on the ground, they're, they're able to coordinate their beams so that they're not interfering. So you get significant reuse with the mobile industry, because you've got lots of mobile users moving all around, that's generally not possible. So you have got you need exclusive use spectrum. And of course, in most countries, we have, you know, three or four mobile operators all requiring significant bandwidth. So mobile industry, the nature of the way they use spectrum is fundamentally quite, you need a lot of spectrum. And The solution when you've got more capacity, you need more capacity is either you densify your base station network, which is very expensive, or you buy more spectrum. And to some extent, because when you're buying more spectrum, it means going to higher frequencies. You may have to densify your network anyway, but perhaps not to the same extent, just to cope with those higher frequencies not traveling so far. Um, This is potentially bringing these industries into conflict a bit over spectrum. You know, we've seen this in C-band, where the satellite industry was perhaps not using that spectrum to the, uh, you know, with the intensity that mobile could. And that has ultimately led to a situation where a significant amount of that spectrum has been reclaimed and repurposed for mobile. But it is also the case that the satellite industry is not a declining industry. It's a growing industry. And they need a lot of spectrum themselves. And the 12 gigahertz band is a particularly uh, important one for delivering high data capacity. Um, Now, to some extent, it's potential low hanging fruit for the mobile industry to go after because it is commercial spectrum. So regulators have a lot of control over how commercial spectrum is used. So when mobile looks across the bands, which ones could be repurposed, there's a natural tendency to focus on satellite bands. But, you know, the satellite industry's legitimate counter-argument is we're an expanding industry. We're increasingly being integrated into a broader connectivity ecosystem. And we need those large bandwidths, especially at 12, to deliver our current and future business cases. If you squeeze that, you're going to limit what you can do with satellite. And that's actually you know, might be bad more broadly for connectivity and even perhaps for mobile forms of reducing backhaul potential, etc. Um So the other way of looking at this is, well, maybe we should be focusing on other parts of this range of spectrum, perhaps that are used for government use, and seeing if we could repurpose that instead.
0: I, th- I think the the satellite industry has kind of responded uh very cautiously uh, and and they've the gsoa which is a kind of body that represents satellite various satellite players has put out this paper saying look our operations in these bands generate 185 billion in direct investment and even more in indirect investment almost up to 400 billion so i think they're quite aggressively pushing back because they feel maybe a little bit squeezed because like you said in the past sometimes they've been pushed out of a band and they you know, rightly point to kind of a growing industry. I mean, Starlink is launching more and more satellites and then you've got competition coming up as well, uh, like Amazon, and there's a Chinese uh, broadband uh, solution also in the works. Uh, so I, I think, you know, they're, they're right about that as well. But like you said, the way they use Spectrum is also very different. It's much more focused.
1: Economist and an auction specialist. Yep a lot of our work is spent you know, explaining why it's good to go to the market and allow market forces to decide how a particular spectrum band is used. But fundamentally, the kind of tools that we as economists deploy, these market tools, don't work terribly well when you've got such very different competing uses, you know, one that can share the spectrum and one that wants exclusive use. And you put those head-to-head, and there's a high likelihood of market failure, and maybe we'll get the spectrum satellite, lose it. But it's not clear that that would actually be an efficient outcome.
0: Yeah. And I've seen the satellite industry kind of pointing to a spectrum that's already been allocated uh, for IMT or mobile. And th- their argument is, look, you should be focusing on giving that to mobile operators. And that includes millimeter wave. And I think they make a good point about millimeter wave not having been a success. Uh, and there was a recent paper by a South uh, Korean mobile operator which kind of admitted this that millimeter wave five G is commercially very difficult to make work. Uh, so the mobile industry, uh, sorry, the satellite industry, is saying, look, you couldn't make that work. What are the chances you'll make, you know, this range, twelve to twenty-four or seven to twenty-four, uh, work? What do you make of the argument that countries should just focus on assigning what's already been allocated instead of focusing on getting a more spectrum?
1: Um, Well, I mean, first of all, I think there's a lot to be said for that, right? Um, So, you know, in many countries, it's only the 3,800 to 4,200 spectrum that has been um, allocated to mobile. And there are other bands below 6 gigahertz where there might be the possibility of finding more spectrum. So there's 3,300 to 3,400 potentially displacing government use in some countries there's the 3,800 to 4,200, which, for example, in Europe is being increasing use of private networks, but probably could have a broader role. Um, there is the upper 6 gigahertz band, which um, in Europe, sorry, North America has gone to unlicensed, but it's still open for debate how that will be used in region two in Europe and elsewhere. It's possible that um, that spectrum could have a mobile purpose. Um, in, I think it's Japan, the 4,800 to 5,000 gigahertz band has been allocated for mobile. Again, there might be an opportunity to use that spectrum. Add that all together, perhaps that significantly delays the time frame in which mobile might need to tap spectrum above 7 gigahertz. So that might help to the extent that's possible. But again, all these bands are contentious. You know, the case for having more spectrum for unlicensed is also pretty strong. And, you know, for now, that demand could be sated perhaps by the lower six gigahertz. But, you know, long term, given how much traffic um, unlicensed carries and remember that mobile industry you know offloads more traffic to unlicensed spectrum than it carries itself, you know, um, there's a legitimate case for a lot more spectrum for the the unlicensed too. Um, I think all this points to you probably need to have a deeper dive on what is going on between 7 and 12. And is there, you know, is there spectrum in government use that perhaps could be used more efficiently because we are reaching the limits of repurposing commercial spectrum, you know, without
0: damaging industries like satellite what do you make of the the proposal, as I've seen in some countries, the idea of just auctioning off spectrum for satellite?
1: Yeah, so this uh, it's obviously been a much under discussion in India, so there was a, a consultation paper that came out on this, um, and I actually put in a response to that working with uh, Intelsat, I should say, in this case, and essentially, I don't think it works, so There are lower frequency bands uh, used for MSS where satellite operators require exclusive use because they're essentially integrating into the mobile ecosystem. In that situation, auctions could work because auctions are great for exclusive use spectrum. At the higher frequencies like 12 gigahertz, as I said, it's a shared use environment. Um, So it doesn't make sense to have try and repackage that as an exclusive use spectrum. All you'll end up doing is excluding users who could be there alongside others, which is would be a form of market failure. Um, it is possible to construct auctions in which you are basically determining the number of shared users. Um, however, it's not really clear in the case of satellite bands like 12 gigahertz whether there's really any need to restrict the number of users because Typically, there are ways you can find to coordinate and accommodate more users. Um, So, you know, at best, the case for auctions of shared spectrum is unproven. Uh, At worst, an auction, an attempt to turn this into exclusive use spectrum in which satellite was required to compete against mobile would probably result in market failure. Um, I think what this points to is that governments can't shy away from the hard decision when it comes to mobile versus satellite of deciding what is the better use and intervening on that case. Um, It may be worth saying that there may be a case for thinking about empowering satellite operators more. So one of the issues at the moment is satellite operators' property rights, because of their shared use nature, tend to be rather poorly defined. So you end up with this situation that Spectrum is either satellite or it's taken away and repurposed. If satellite operators had a higher degree of property rights, there may be some better ability for them to coordinate together to explore secondary market opportunities to resell. Um, so that might be a more effective mechanism than an auction that one could explore. Uh,
0: kind of giving them the freedom to, to play with it you know, more freely and maybe even like lease some of it in some areas or, or something like that. I guess that kind of isn't really possible at the moment, is it?
1: No, I mean, that's another interesting area is right. When you get into higher frequencies, obviously they don't travel so far and it is easier to coordinate on a geographic basis. So it's not out of the question that you might have some bands where you could find ways for satellite and mobile to work together better. Um, with essentially satellite you know beaming to rural areas or earth stations some distance away from major cities, and then mobile use for additional capacity just in certain urban areas in these higher frequency bands um that might you know the I'm not an engineer, so I can't tell you whether that will really work, but it would seem that that might be a logical thing to start looking at because you know clearly. The demand for data is going to increase, and these content- issues of contention are going to increase. And maybe the solution is finding ways to politely share better on a geographic basis. Given this, uh, given that the real focus of mobile's need for more capacity is urban areas, and a lot of the satellite business case is serving areas outside the major urban centres that where mobile is less. Yeah a less efficient technology
0: yeah i think both industries kind of instinctively react maybe going on the attack Uh, but maybe there's a case for to share more and to try to figure out some kind of solution that maybe makes both uh, users happy and like you said they've maybe target different areas in a lot of cases so it's not entirely out of the question that, that that could work how do you predict this will go i mean Will this be the next fight, this range? And we'll just constantly be hearing about financial predictions from either side about, oh, we're, we'd make a better use for the spectrum or we'd make a better use for the spectrum. Do you think we're going to land at some kind of conclusion at WRC? Um, well,
1: I mean, what typically happens at WRC, clearly there's going to be a fight and uh, maybe there'll be decisions or maybe they'll be punted to the next WRC. Um, so I'm not going to make any predictions on that. Um, I think certainly there is going to be contention over certain bands. And I think, you know, there is set up for an issue in North America, regardless of what happens at WRC around 12 gigahertz. And this is partly because the FCC is in a bit of a bind. Having made the brave decision to allocate the whole of the six gigahertz band for unlicensed, the obvious point of additional capacity has gone that forces the fcc to look above seven gigahertz for more spectrum for mobile for 6g Um, the millimeter wave business case not going well so inevitably they've started looking at 12. Um, that might not happen in elsewhere because they might pick different bands first Um, but i think that's unavoidably going to be a fight in north america it's not clear How that goes, or what the solutions are.
0: So that twelve gigahertz decision might let us look into the future a bit about how this is going to go. And I think right now, it's both sides are arguing, and it's time for the FCC to kind of make a decision and make a determination. Like you said, Uh, in the end, someone needs to decide if it goes one way or the other.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is interesting because obviously you mentioned. you know, SpaceX and their ambitions. And there's a huge amount of investment going on in satellite right now. And the 12 gigahertz is a, big, uh, is a big part of that. I think one of the issues is the uncertainty for the satellite industry is really unhelpful. At a point when that industry is kind of regrouped and expanding and entering exciting new stage, to have this uncertainty about spectrum availability is really unhelpful. Um it would be, you know, an enormous boon probably for satellite and mobile if there could be uh a clearer path going forward and more certainty for the next 20 years. Um But you know what's interesting right now is the mobile industry is sort of exhausted by the amount of sheer amount quantity of spectrum they've had to absorb very quickly. Um so there's a degree to which mobile operators will not be pressing for a while, and this will probably rear its head in a few years' time, which may mean the current WRC comes a little early for resolving these issues.
0: Now, the point about kind of certainty is an important one, and I, I think that the satellite industry makes a good case for it. I mean, they work over very long timescales, and they send these things out, and they can't just replace the radio on it to to use a, you know a different frequency. So there would be a lot of um, benefit to. To working something out early but like you said maybe it will take a few years before uh, before there's some kind of conclusion great well thanks so much richard for talking us through this and my pleasure happy to join you and obviously this is an issue we'll be following very closely especially as we come up to wrc 23 uh, so you can read more about it on our newsletter uh, as well as our research service you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast. It's available on all major podcast platforms. See you next time.